Here's an urgent alert from the Student Loan Hotline. The average student loan debt is $25,000. Have you been out of college for 10 or more years and you're still making your student loan payments? If you are struggling with paying off your student loan, if you are past due, we can help. Nationwide Student Loan Relief can now restructure your student loans. We can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop harassing collection calls, and even eliminate your student loan payment. If you can't afford your student loans, or if you're past due and you need help, you must call right now. We will restructure your loan or your money back, and that's a guarantee. So call the Student Loan Hotline right now. 800 Welcome, you're listening to Sports Econ 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Bruce McGowan, longtime sports radio personality. Who's going to be on the show today? Oh, we got a guy that's been a good friend of mine for many, many years, worked with the Oakland Raiders, uh, going all the way back to their days in their first incarnation as the Raiders back <laughs> in the 70s and 80s. Uh, Tell they moved to L.A. John Kingdon will join us. He's been on the show before. And we're going to talk a little bit about the Raider history and some of the great characters because John uh, became very acquainted, as you can imagine, in uh, in the front office uh, working with Al Davis and working with Tom Flores and John Madden. So it'll be interesting. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so you can listen to Sports Econ 101 on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Sports Byline USA, and CRN, along with uh, hundreds of stations across the country. Uh, trivia today is going to be stirring up the diamond because we're, we're still in baseball season. And when we get back also, we want to, um, you know, after John uh, talks about the Raiders, one of the things I do want to talk about is the, the Kyrie Irving uh, to Boston and, yeah. you know, the old switcheroo there. Yeah. Kind of, kind of get into the details of that, yeah. and uh, you have a little story about um, what's going on with parking and uh, uh, issues it's, there. It's, huh? it's a I, John. John will understand. It's you know, just the way things are. They don't they don't cater to the media anymore. The pro sports teams they don't care really. They really don't care. That's strange because I mean uh, you think that's still where they make. The you money, think? I mean they do to a degree, but not really. Not like the old days. Not like the old no. days. Okay. This segment of Sports Econ 101 is sponsored by Pacific Private Money, still providing mortgage investments that are currently yielding between seven and a half to eight percent, secured by Bay Area real estate. Doesn't get any more conservative than that, especially when they're only at about sixty percent loan to value. You got to check them out at PacificPrivateMoney.com. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. When we come back, we're going to have former front office uh, veteran John Kingdon on the line. Again, don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back.
This is Mark Honf, co-host of Mortgage Investing 101. Did you know that you can earn, year in and year out, returns of 8% and more on your savings and retirement accounts? Mortgage-backed investment strategies such as trustee investing and mortgage pool funds can do just that. Since 2008, clients of Pacific Private Money have consistently earned high yields on their investments. Find out for yourself how you, too, can profit from these real estate-secured investments. Call 415-883-2150 or visit our website at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Pizza Hut knows what every man, woman, and child wants. The best deal in delivery. And Pizza Hut has a large two-topping oven-hot pizza for just $7.99 when you order online. It's the best pizza delivery deal. That's a large two-topping pizza for $7.99 from PizzaHut.com, right to your door. Order online today, because no one out pizzas the Hut. Click for this offer. Delivery minimums and fees may apply. Additional charge for extra cheese, stuffed crust, and additional toppings. Product availability, prices, participation, and delivery areas may vary. The delivery charge is not a driver tip. Shop Lowe's and take advantage of early Labor Day savings with great deals for your home inside and out. Refresh your walls or renew your deck with $10 to $40 off paint, exterior stains, and resurfacers. And if you've been craving new appliances, get up to 40% off select appliance special values on some of the best brands in the business. All projects have a starting point. Start with Lowe's. Paint offer valid 24 through 96 via rebate. Appliance offer valid 24 through 913. Exclusions apply. See store for details. U.S. only. The Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa is a desert oasis for family travel or a quick weekend getaway in the Coachella Valley. It's the perfect place to recharge. The world-class resort features stunningly appointed hotel rooms, five restaurants, and a rejuvenating spa with an array of relaxing treatments. In addition to health and wellness classes, you can play golf, tennis, or enjoy one of the many hiking trails the area has to offer. Taking care of their little guests is a top priority, offering a kids program along with a family-friendly pool, featuring the only sandy beach in the valley. Nonstop flights are available from San Francisco to Palm Springs, so be sure to book your Renaissance Indian Wells Oasis Getaway today. Call 760-773-4444. Once again, that's 760-773-4444. Or go to Marriott.com and check out the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa in Indian Wells, California for some great deals. Allergies. Pollen in the air. Dogs in the house. Mold in the basement. Whatever triggers your allergy symptoms, it can really hold you back. Break through with Allegra 5-in-1 Relief. Allegra works fast, won't make you drowsy, provides 24-hour multi-symptom relief, and it's effective every day. Break through allergies with Allegra. Starts working in one hour, use only as directed. Guaranteed or your money back. Visit Allegra.com. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown along with Bruce McGowan. Bruce, who's on the phone with us? Yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, and ours, uh, John Kingdon, who has been on the show before. John, of course, was a uh, front office uh, person with the Raiders for many, many years, going back to their first incarnation in Oakland in the late 70s. And John is uh, a guy who has helped uh, a former longtime beat writer, Steve Corcoran, who we're going to have on the show, and has been on the show before, actually. Uh, Steve covered the Raiders for about 17 years after they came back, and Steve has written a very interesting book about the Raiders, which John helped him with, uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So some great stories with John today, I, I think. John, first of all, we've known each other a long time. i got to ask you, how did you end up working with the Raiders? Because I think you were fairly young, uh, just out of college, weren't you, when uh, you started working uh, with, with the organization? and what In what capacity? Well, actually, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do after I graduated from Oberlin. This was 1975. And uh, 
so while I was deciding, I got a job as a bartender, and what the only thing that's really interesting about it is the guy was in a restaurant, and the man who owned it was a, was named Steve Rubell. And a few years later, he went on to uh, uh, open up Studio 54. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Sure. Yeah, that was Steve Rubell. But they went and got a master's at the University of Massachusetts in sports management and needed an internship. And uh, someone had just uh, been let go. And the uh, position opened up as, as they got my resume. And uh, maybe they liked the fact that I was from uh, originally from Brooklyn the way Al was. Anyway, I got my foot in the door as an intern and, and stayed on pretty much the rest of the way. Yeah, that must have been a lot of fun. What was it like? What was your first impression when you met Al Davis? Because I know Al took a personal um, care in helping to not only select a lot of the the employees, and I'm sure he had you know he had the final say as to whether or not you probably were uh, selected for your job. But what was his presence like when you walked in and met him for the first time? You'd heard so much about him; he was kind of a legendary figure by the time you. You spoke with him for the first time in the mid or late seventies. What was that like? Yeah, he was a very uh, powerful man. He kind of exuded uh, strength and confidence. And you know, again, this was a long time ago. Unfortunately, people remember sort of to him, but there was a great deal of charisma about him. And again, it was a, this confidence that he knew he was right. And uh, you know, you, you, you sort of you with us or you're against us. You know, kind of hop on board. <laughs> And that's pretty much, uh, you know, how it carried over. Yeah, he was interesting. I remember the first time I actually had a conversation with him, and I may have told you guys this story, but it's it's a fun story. It's a short one. And tell me if you've had similar experiences with uh, some of the characters on the Raiders. So I'm traveling with your, your team. This is in 78. I was working for a little TV station in Eureka, and I'm on the flight to Green Bay for a road game. Get off the plane. We get on the buses. And I didn't know which bus to get on, so I got on the first bus I saw. And there was only one seat open, and that was in the front row. And so I sat in it, and the bus driver didn't say anything. But all the people behind me started going, you know, whispering, no, no, get out of that seat. You can't sit there. You can't sit there. And I thought, what's the problem? And all of a sudden, I looked down at the foot of the stairs of the bus, and here's Al Davis walking onto the bus. And I start to get off, and I go, oh, my God, I'm sitting in his seat. So I start to get off, and he goes, no, 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 no. He scowls at me, but he goes, no, 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 sit down, sit down, sit down. So I'm sitting next to him, and I'm a little intimidated. I never actually talked Wait, to the I guy. I thought you said that you got the last seat. Well, no, there were two seats. Oh, two seats. I, I, but it. he liked okay. to sit by himself. Okay. So anyway, it, we're driving through this beautiful you know, fall scenery in, in Green Bay. The colors are spectacular. It's late afternoon. The light is just hitting these you know, broadleaf trees just right, you know, purple and, and uh, you know, gold and, and, and red. And, and I look out, and I, I can't help but be sort of overwhelmed. I said, Mr. Davis, uh, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, beautiful scenery here, huh, in Green Bay? And he looks at me. He goes, kid. One thing you effing have to learn about me, I don't give an effing darn about any effing fall colors. All I care about is an effing win. And when you can understand that, good. And that was the end of our conversation. But that was Al Davis, wasn't it? I mean, he had a steely determination to win. And this was just the week after Dave Casper had made that amazing play, the uh, the Holy Roller, Roller play, yeah. which uh, you remember very well because sure. you were with the team then. Uh, you know, I guess Davis really was kind of a larger-than-life figure, wasn't he? I mean, did you did you get to know him as a friend, or was he more like a kind of a, a mentor or just a boss? You know, just real quick to continue on your story. You know, we, we played in England uh, for a game, and, and I was in his room giving him information, and I said, you know, I know it, it was a preseason game, and uh, but I said, you know, I know you're touching on football, but there's a great thing I think you'd really enjoy visiting Winston Churchill's war room. Mm. You know, it's really, you know, because I've been there before once. And he looked at me and said, 
I'm more interested in Art Shell's war room. <laughs> <laughs> Art Shell being the coach sure. at that time. Yeah, he well, did have funny. that. I guess that's maybe the, the key, isn't it, to Al's success? The success he had for the good part of you know two decades was that he was so focused on winning, and he he turned he left no stern, uh, stones unturned. But, but anyway, uh, anyway, I, I found great uh, satisfaction when I found out he and, and Mrs. Davis and probably the Albos and the uh, and the uh, Autos did visit Churchill's war room, and okay. he really enjoyed it. So, <laughs> okay, so well, I, I do have a question for, for Bruce on this though. You were working for a small station at the time. Yeah, KIM TV in Eureka. Okay. Yeah. How did they afford to put you on travel? To the Raiders just—I think the Raiders just had a. Didn't tell me if I'm wrong, John. I think the Raiders didn't they make available a certain number of rooms for the media, and they would pay, and you would travel. They'd have enough room on the plane so that the the hardcore media, the the daily beat writers, and the TV and local radio guys, if you could get on the plane, and usually you could. Uh, they would just, it was kind of a, a package deal. They didn't have to pay any more. They had that extra room. Isn't that pretty much how it went, John? Uh, yeah, no, the, uh, many of the newspaper reporters, they, were even if they flew with the team, they would have to reimburse uh, the team. Oh, really? Would have been the appropriate expense. Yeah. Yeah, I know. See, I never had to do that when I was in Eureka. They Al Locasal just took yeah. care of me. I must have. Yeah, I but, gee, that makes me feel but, even but, but more privileged. But Eureka is such a small. I know. You thing. know what it was what though? I, I think Al Davis appreciated the fact that I drove 270 miles down to the Bay Area oh, to cover his team, and I think gotcha. that I okay. I think you know the thing about Al was Al was kind of hard hard on people, but if if he felt that you were a good guy. Or played by the rules, or played by his rules. You know, he was going to take care of you. Now, John, tell me if I'm wrong. He was extremely loyal to the people who worked hard for him, like Al Locasal, and you mentioned, you know, Ron Wolf. Before that, yourself. I mean, there are a lot of people in that organization who were there a long time. No, absolutely. Uh, you know, you know, and then you know, but by this, going to the other extreme, if if you felt he'd been wrong, uh, he had a, he had a pretty long memory that way. But, but <laughs> yeah. Terribly loyal. You know, in, in in very many many aspects uh, to it. Uh, you know, when my uh, my dad had passed away a few years ago, he's in his nineties. But uh, uh, so I flew back there, and his uh, fudgy his secretary you know, called up, said, "Mr. Davis wants you know to send you a bouquet of flowers to your dad." And nice. I said, "Well, I said, well, you know, as Jewish, I said, what Jewish people send uh, cookies and candies? He wants to send flowers and." Uh, <laughs> And uh, anyway, he was he was he was very uh, very empathetic that way. Uh, and if if I know of uh, uh, you know we had a, a former player who was a scout whose son this is many many years ago had a, uh, a, a kind of a, a brain tumor problem at a young age. And boy, Al flew a specialist in for him. He did absolutely everything and had a tremendous wow. uh, full complete recovery. That kind of thing for that story that wasn't in the book. But uh, again, but the loyalty uh, and he spoke always spoke very highly about that. It's interesting about, you know, the Raiders, we always talk about Al Davis. The Raiders, Al kind of uh, really encouraged characters on that team, didn't he? And maybe not so much characters, but he encouraged uh, people of, you know, who followed their, the beat of their own drum. And a lot of the stories about the Raiders, really, they really weren't that much different than other teams. They just happened to be characters that were allowed to be themselves more freely, I think, don't you? Yeah, I think so, exactly. I just have an example. Was I remember uh, it was years ago, and did, you know, it was like in '83. There was uh, Charlie Hanna was an offensive lineman with Tampa. His his brother was John Hanna, the Hall of Fame lineman. And there was all this talk about, uh, you know, what a 
what a distraction Charlie was in the Tampa locker room. And, and we, we made a trade, I think it was for Dave Browning. Anyway, Charlie came to our team, you know, with, with Art Shell and, uh, and, and Gene Upshaw and all these Teddy Hendricks. And, and when Charlie showed up, you didn't even notice. Because <laughs> yeah. all these other guys were, uh, you know, so dominant. He, he allowed the players to be themselves. And he, he had the expression, there was the expression that uh, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Now, in a different way, and I always appreciated that. You treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. Hey, John, stay, stay with us a minute because we want to continue on that and find out more about the book. Uh, we've got to cut to a quick break here. All right, first trivia question. Which player set a record for playing in 98 consecutive games, we're talking baseball here, without striking out? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101. I'll be right back. Results may vary. Not a solicitation for legal services. If you owe the IRS back taxes, payroll taxes, or have not filed your returns, the IRS will get you. They can take your property, take you to court, even put you in jail. One call to Wall and Associates and your tax problems are solved. Wall has saved clients over $150 million in the last five years. Our average client settles for about 10% of what is owed. With one call to Wall, you'll never need to talk to the IRS again. We offer free face-to-face consultations in your local area. Remember, Wall has a proven track record with a total client savings over $150 million. Call now for your free face-to-face consultation. 800-813-9940. Rebuild or replace transmission, $3,200. Anti-lock brake system, $1,000. Rebuild or replace engine, $2,400. Truth is, once your manufacturer's warranty runs out, it's all on you. Every last cent. Get protection for covered repairs with a vehicle service contract from Toco Warranty. Unlike other companies, with Toco, there's no down payment, and the monthly payments are really affordable. Not sure how long you're keeping your car? At Toco, you can pay as you go. Keep your hard-earned cash and call Toco Warranty right now at 800-222-2313 to save big money on covered auto repairs. Prices vary by vehicle, but for about the cost of a tank of gas per month, a Toco plan has your back on expensive covered car repairs. Monthly payments are very affordable. Get your free quote now. Call Toco at 800-222-2313. 2313. That's 800 222 2313. Cancellation fee may apply. Subject to eligibility. Not available in Missouri and Washington. Waiting period and deductible apply. Coverage provided and administered by Warren Tech Corporation or its affiliates. Not affiliated with any manufacturer or dealership. Visit tocowarranty.com for complete terms and conditions. This family is at home, but they won't be answering the door. They know that the pounding on the door is a process server from the court waiting to hand them foreclosure documents. So instead of enjoying the home they worked so hard to afford, they sit hiding in the dark. Mom, what was that? But it doesn't have to be this way. This family can save their home, but they must act fast. Call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions at 800-274-7312. If you're being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, missed a payment on your mortgage, been a victim of a predatory loan, or are upside down on your home, it's critical that you call Allied State Foreclosure Solutions now. 800-274-7312. Allied State Foreclosure Solutions has an attorney in your area that will meet and speak with you. You can stop the foreclosure. 
foreclosure process, lower your monthly mortgage payments, save your home and your credit. But you must act now. Call 800-274-7312. 800-274-7312. Not available in all states. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Here is our first trivia question. We're talking about stirring up the diamond here at baseball. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which player set a record for playing in 98 consecutive games without striking out? Can you imagine that? 98 games yeah, without striking that'd out? That'd be like a probably three to 400 at-bats. I mean, without striking yeah. out, that's almost a full season. What do yeah. you think, John? I got a, I got an answer. I think it might be the right guy, but I don't know. You you, you want to venture a guess? Well, I'm going to rule out the, uh, that guy with the Yankees right now. I think I can... Uh, oh, Judge. Judge. Yeah. yeah, he strikes out more than anybody, although he, did, he does hit home uh, runs. If I had to take a shot, I'd say Ichiro Suzuki, who's uh, such a great contact hitter. Okay, that's a good one. I, I'm going to say Joe DiMaggio, because I know Joe DiMaggio. You know, Joe DiMaggio struck out only... 500 times in his entire career, and he batted probably 5,000 times. Yeah, that's pretty good. No, Nellie Fox. Nellie, I never would have guessed. Nelly I Fox. know, I wouldn't either. Part of the, the Nellie Fox and Luis Aparicio, part of the Go Go Sox. See, John and I are old enough to remember that yep. back yeah. in the oh, day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John Kingdon joining us from the former Raider uh, front office uh, person who spent many, many years wearing a lot of different hats with the organization. John, what all things did you do? I mean, you were in scouting, but you did more than that. Al Davis liked people who were versatile, who could do two or three things, and I know you did a lot of scouting, but you must have done some other things for the Raiders as well. Well, again, I started out as an intern, I mean, you know, picking up players and, you know, driving, going back and forth to camp. And the next year, I was uh, Tom Flory's administrative assistant. And uh, I did that for a year, and I really enjoyed it. I got to meet, uh, you know, really get to know the players a lot more personally. That was Kenny, you know, and Casper. That was a great opportunity. And then I moved... uh, you know, I was also doing personnel stuff, so I got moved back into the uh, scouting department, administrating department with, uh, under Ron Wolf, and then, uh, you know, started scouting a little bit more. And then when Ron left, he went back to the Jets in 1993. I, I, I got the title of director of scouting. And, you know, but uh, it was more, you know, scouts are on the road two or three weeks at a time, whereas, you know, I couldn't, uh, particularly during the season, I was traveling with the team, and Monday, you know, uh, Mr. Davis, Al, you know, we'd call me, we'd talk about the game, I'd leave Monday night, come back Tuesday, you'd be out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and get back in the office and uh, coalesce all the information that came in from the other scouts and you know, start all over with Mr. Davis, you know, on the upcoming game, that kind of thing. So a little bit of everything, but primarily uh, player personnel in the end. You know, you and Steve have now written a book about the Raiders. What era, what era does that cover? Does it go all the way back to your times of the 60s, or is it focused more on Steve's? Steve was a beat writer, for those that don't know, Steve Corcoran, for the Contra Costa Times for about 15 years, maybe 20. Uh, does it, is it more focused on recent times when the Raiders have come back to Oakland from the mid-90s on? Uh, well, technically, just to be correct, I don't know if you remember Bruce Kebrick. Bruce Kebrick? K-E-B-R-I-C. No, that name doesn't strike a bell. Well, Bruce, Bruce was a long-time scout, was there almost as long as I was. Oh, wow. And uh, anyway, he lived out of uh, Phoenix. And so uh, when, when both of us left, technically, if you look at the book, Bruce and I are listed as the authors, and, 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 and Steve is the as-told-to. Oh, well, interesting. Oh, so interesting. you guys have all this. You're telling it in sort of a narration form, then, is what you're doing, uh, telling stories. It, no, it's not really so much chronological. But, but anyway, the... Uh, uh, the, the way uh, so we set it up, and, and we each brought a different perspective. Uh, you know, Bruce started 
Sid Gilman uh, way back when, even before, uh, you, know, you know, right around when Al got hired, didn't really meet him. So. You're talking about Sid Gilman, the old uh, AFL great, coach who, yeah, for the yeah, Chargers, yeah, back in the early 60s. Who, who, you know, who Al worked for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so he brought a lot more history uh, and, and then worked in scouting, whereas I, you know, was a lot closer to Al and more in the office, so I got that perspective. And then Steve brings the perspective of, uh, you know, the beat reporter, the beat reporter who you know, was probably closer to the players than we were because uh, Bruce and I were on the road a lot more. So, so technically, for whatever reason, uh, and it was his call, he doesn't list. It, 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 Bruce Gary, authors Bruce Kevrick and John Kingman with Steve Corcoran. So just, just Interesting. Like okay. That. But it's it, you know it's a three man operation. Yeah. So anyway, just to, to break down how we got the book. Uh, and the name of the book is what it's what's the name of the book going to be? Because it's coming out in in September. It, it's called uh, September first, actually, and there's there pre orders on uh, Amazon.com. Oh, cool. Uh, Al Davis behind the Raiders Shield. Al Davis behind the Raiders Shield. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. That's and very did cool. Al? Uh, I, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, based on his focus of football so much. Did you feel like you were always like on call twenty four seven? Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> you're what, still on call even though he's not around. Yeah, he's yeah. probably still well, calling you up. Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, no, I talked about that in the book. I used to have sets of uh, scouting uh, packets of scouting information, one at home and and one in the office. I'd get a call at eleven thirty or so. Uh, who are your top linebackers in the draft this year? You know, stuff like that. So. Yeah, no, definitely you're on. A lot of people are like that, Ron. You know, everybody uh, looked like that, whether it's a PR and uh, or, or, or business people. But you know, I got a lot of calls on it, particularly on draft time. Must have been interesting with the Raiders, though. The you talked about Charlie Hanna earlier, and I know you had some guys that were just really straightforward. <laughs> Solid citizens like Jim Otto and Gene Upshaw and Art Shell, you never heard anything controversial about them. But then you had a guy like a Lester Hayes <laughs> who overcame a, a really serious stutter, or you know, and it had that stick. And what, what do you remember about Lester? Because you were a young guy, probably not much older than Lester when he broke in with the Raiders. What, what do you remember about Lester Hayes? Uh, you know, he was he was he was really a tough guy, and, and he was really an intelligent guy that I don't think people gave credit for initially. You know, because that stutter. So difficult, but uh, you know, very competitive and, and challenged. Anything he could do to get an edge on players, and he whole, did that whole thing with the stickum. With the stickum, uh, right? Yeah, like insane. And and then you know when the league voted on stickum, uh, it was voted thirty-one to one to eliminate. <laughs> I, I remember Freddie Boletnikov told me the story. He says, you know, I was I was the guy who first started using stickum, and Lester got the idea for me. And he goes, and Lester ruined it for everybody. <laughs> Yeah, well, you too much of it. I it's mean, probably true because, I mean, if Lester touched the ball, they had to go get a new ball at the sidelines because there was so much stickum on it. Yeah, they used to show the uniforms of the opposing yeah. players on their shoulders. And that, stuff. Must have driven, that must have driven the players crazy, not the Raider players, but the other guys, huh, John? Well, in fact, uh, the, the voting against Stickham, uh, we were very much, uh, we, Dick Romanski was the equipment manager then, and the coach, nobody liked Stickham. Yeah. And would have, you know, in fact, if it was like uh, one vote, uh, vote for or against it, we would have voted against Stickham. Hmm. But just, but just to make Lester feel good, we voted against. Yeah. Him. There you go. <laughs> so, uh, John, I want to ask you: the, the, so we voted to keep Stickham. Uh, moving on to the fact that uh, they're moving to Vegas. That is so surreal, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. So, how do you, uh, you know, the 
how do you compare the moving to Vegas uh, with the fact that they had moved to L.A. at one point? Uh, I, I think that uh, the Vegas move, you know, if I was there, my real concern would be uh, hiring a ton of security people. This. You know, you talk about distractions in L.A., I think the distractions in Vegas is going to be enormous. And, and I'm sure that they're, you know, you know they're not going to be there for another year, maybe two years. But I would really plan ahead and, and have people at pretty much every casino to keep an eye on, you know, what any issues that might be coming up with the players. You know, maybe have a great uh, relationship with the local police and you know, provide season tickets and, you know, really develop a, a relationship that way so you're really on top of it. What are you concerned about specifically? Like all the drinking and gambling is going to bring out the worst in people? <laughs> uh, I think the gambling is, 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 you know, again, this isn't uh, my area of expertise, but I think the gambling has got to be a real concern. And, you know, it, there's a lot of, uh, you know, edgy places there uh, that probably aren't on the strip that maybe the players will be attracted to. And I think there's a, you know, and I don't know uh, Derek Carr, but I, I have to believe he's one guy you don't really need to. Uh, uh, keep an eye on it. I'm sure that when he gets there, he'll probably uh, try and take a leadership role to really keep uh, a number of the players on the straight and narrow. Derek Carr kind of reminds me of Daryl LaMonica. I've only met Daryl a handful of times, but he was like the, they always used to t- call him the squeaky queen, a squeaky clean uh, quarterback, you know, All-American boy, and Derek Carr is like that. And then you have a guy like a Ken Stabler, who is just <laughs> the salt of the earth. And I love Ken Stabler. I got to know him very slightly. You got to know him very well. What do you remember most about Ken Stabler, who just passed away? And it's sad to say that he passed away before the Hall of Fame came calling. I think he should have been yeah. put in there many, many years before. But what, what, what are your recollections of Snake? And, and do you have any good Snake stories to tell us? You, you know, I, uh, he was, he, you know, I didn't know him per se, but I think he probably worked studied football a lot harder than he wanted to give the impression because he really was, was just so smart out there on the field and really could you know, read and understand. And, and anyway, and so in the year I was there, it was 1979, and it was a very interesting year on the football side of it. Uh, we, we were 9-7, and seven, uh, but it may have been the slowest team in Raider history. <laughs> we had a lot of injuries, and, and we had two tight ends, and, uh, and two people in the backfield, Derek Jensen and Mark Van Egan, mm-hmm. with Cliff Brand. And it's the only team in history that had two tight ends make a uh, pro bowl in one season. That's right. That Raymond Chester and uh, who was the other guy? Wait, who made what? Yeah, who was the other guy? Dave Casper. Dave Casper, who was the other guy? Who, 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 who made what? Two, uh, two. Raymond Chester and Dave Casper both made the Pro Bowl oh, but, as oh, tight ends gotcha. from one team. That is unusual. In one, in one season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In one team. Yeah. Oh, uh, John, stay with us. Well, we got to go to another quick break because this is getting good. Guys are going to go so fast here. All right. Here's our second trivia question. Which second baseman set a record for winning the most consecutive gold gloves at that position? And I'll tell you, he won nine of them. Wow. And if you can't figure it out, when we come back, I'll give you a hint as to years. Okay. Because that might help. Yeah. All right? All right. And uh, so we want to email Edward at sportsecon101.com the answer to that question. We'll see if you know the answer to that, all right? Uh, So here's our question again is, which second baseman set a record for winning the most consecutive gold gloves at that position? Don't touch that dial. Sports Econ 101 will be right back.
The Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa is a desert oasis for family travel or a quick weekend getaway in the Coachella Valley. It's the perfect place to recharge. The world-class resort features stunningly appointed hotel rooms, five restaurants, and a rejuvenating spa with an array of relaxing treatments. In addition to health and wellness classes, you can play golf, tennis, or enjoy one of the many hiking trails the area has to offer. Taking care of their little guests is a top priority, offering a kids program along with a family-friendly pool, featuring the only sandy beach in the valley. Nonstop flights are available from San Francisco to Palm Springs, so be sure to book your Renaissance Indian Wells Oasis Getaway today. Call 760-773-4444. Once again, that's 760-773-4444. Or go to Marriott.com and check out the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa in Indian Wells, California for some great deals. Hi, Sports Econ 101 listeners. I'm Edward Brown. You know me as the host of the show, but you may not know that I work with individuals getting them the least expensive term life insurance policies around. Don't be fooled by the ads you hear on TV and radio. It's always best to work with someone who's completely independent. That's where I come in. If you email me at edward at sportsecon101.com your name, your age, and how much insurance you want, I'll run the numbers through my software program and let you know the least expensive policy around from among many of the top insurance companies. Again, I'm totally independent, so email edward at sportsecon101.com for your free life insurance quote today. Why pay more for life insurance than you need to? I can get you a guaranteed policy where the low premiums are fixed anywhere from 10 to 35 years. So email edward at sportsecon101.com right now for your free life insurance quote. That's edward at sportsecon101.com. Attention to anyone that's written a book or wants to write a book. The process is not that complicated. Take a first step. Even if you write a page a day, you'll build momentum and your book will become a reality. The hard part is getting it published. That's when you need to call Page Publishing. They've got hundreds and hundreds of thank yous from different new authors, just like you. They make the process of publishing your new book and getting it sold online a simple process. You can learn how simple it is right now by calling for your free page publishing new author submission kit one quick three-minute phone call that's all it takes to get free information and learn how you can get your book published pick up your phone right now and call us 24 hours a day at this number 800-603-0885 800-603-0885 that's 800-603-0885 Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Second trivia question was, which second baseman set a record for winning the most consecutive gold gloves at that position? You got an answer to that one, John? I'm, I'm kind of racking well, my brain. Well, let me, let me ask you a question. Did this second baseman hit a home run to beat the Yankees in the 1960 World Series? Uh, the 1960 That Mazeroski? No. No, it wasn't Mazeroski. Huh? That's, a good, that's a good answer, though. Yeah. Mazeroski was a great... What, what years are we talking about now? Okay, 1983 to 91. Oh, Joe Morgan. No, 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 that's too late. No, no. God, I should know this. I covered the. I was very. I covered 150 games a year in the 80s. <laughs> I should know that. Was he in the American League? No. National League. And I should really know him because I covered a lot of. Not with the Come Giants, yeah, not with know, the Dodgers. You know. Davey Lopes? No. No, that no, no, would have been later, too. Uh, not Joe Morgan, not Davey Lopes. You know the player. Come on! Is the Hall of Famer? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure he is now. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. 
Ryan Sandberg. Of course. <laughs> well, Ryan Sandberg was kind of low-key. Right, you know, right. that's one thing. We got John Kingdon of the Raiders with us, who worked many, many years in the front office, did some scouting, uh, and is now uh, helped to write a book. Uh, actually, he and uh, one of his acquaintances who worked with the Raiders wrote a book that Steve yeah, Corcoran. Bruce yeah, what, what's his name again, Bruce? Bruce Kebrick, K-E-B-R-I-C. Bruce Kebrick. And uh, Steve Corcoran... Uh, is really excited about getting this book out. I know he talked with you. So you guys told a lot of good stories, and Steve told me that um, that's the thing he liked most about this book project was the, the, the personal side of things. I mean, I, I would think, John, of all, when you look back at your time with the Raiders, uh, you must remember the, 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 the neat little fun kind of stories that you have about all these different guys that you encountered. Maybe you weren't buddies with them, but you, you worked with them, watched them play, and, and you – you know, you saw them go through their highs and lows. What was it like getting to know, you know, these athletes, and especially on this unusual team that had so much focus, you know? Well, you know, I got to be, you know, a lot of times you stand there practice on the sideline, and I'd be standing there with the kickers. So I got to know Ray Guy and Chris Bahar very well, and after that it was Jeff Jager and Jeff Gossett, the kicker and the punter. And I only bring up, uh, you know, Jeff Gossett because uh, Jeff uh, – Used to bring his family out, and then his daughters were starting to go to school. And I just bought a house in Manhattan Beach, and he asked if he could uh, rent a room in my house. I said that's great. And anyway, in the end, Jeff, uh, and my future brother-in-law, a guy named Mike Hamilton, they introduced me to uh, the woman who was eventually to become my wife. So wow! So I have a there's my Jeff Gossett story. That's a great story. Fred Boletnikoff is a guy that's still around the Bay Area, and he worked with the team in both LA and in Oakland, and uh, has been a, you know a big part of the organization. With, Retired obviously many years ago, but it's in the Hall of Fame. What, what do you can you tell us any good Freddie stories? Because Fred, I had him on a at a uh, theater, and man, talk about a guy who just as a player he was very shy, but he is not shy at all. He loves to tell stories. What, what do you what do you remember most about Freddie? You got any good ones about him? Well, you know, I uh, again my first year was seventy eight, and that was Freddie's last year, and uh, he was such a competitive guy. And if things didn't work. He could get really angry, you know, and I'm like you know, coming at the bottom of the totem pole, and uh, it just it just wasn't the best story. But you know, I'm looking at the play by play, and you know, Mr. Davis would always have a play by play for me on the bus. So I, you know, so Freddie walks by, can I see the play by play? I said, Yeah, but can I have it back when you're done. What? What are your eyes screaming? So anyway, and you said, "Hey, who do you think you're talking to?" <laughs> That's well, right. Pretty much. But make sure you give it to this SOB. Anyway, it doesn't seem like him. And then, you know, since Freddie was out, he came back as a coach. Couldn't have been nicer. And, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was learning how to scout players. And it was in a situation that I knew a lot more than he did. Mm. He was a lot more friendly to me back then. And, and huh. we became very good friends. Uh, and, you know, gosh, that, that terrible thing that happened to his daughter. But I'm so inspired by what. What he and his wife Angela have done, you know, with the uh, foundation, uh, Angela is it not Angela? You might have to remind I, the audience what what happened to his daughter. Well, he had a daughter that uh, got murdered. You know, was a, some abusing guy. Anyway, they found they set up a foundation, and guys, I'm, I'm sorry, with the I, I, I don't quite remember her, her name. It's very uh, Tracy. I think her name was Tracy. Tracy. Yeah, Tracy. yeah. It's called Tracy's Houses, and they've set up a number of houses uh, for for uh, women and girls go to to get out of uh, abuse uh, abuse situations. So, I mean, it's just such an inspiring thing for the both of them, and I have nothing but the highest regard for, for, for Fred and Angela yeah. doing this. They have a, 
I think they uh, used to go to the crab feed, and they have golf tournaments, and it's Sure. You know, going going back to Fred and his playing days. I mean, if if I remember correctly, he was what like a six two hundred eighty five or oh, something. he was. I don't think Fred he, was even six two. He, he, I mean, he was he was he was an average average size guy. Six one. See, I, and six I'm thinking, foot. no wonder he's pretty quiet on the field. I mean, yeah. there are a lot of guys who are a lot bigger than he is. Yeah, there, well, but know? back in his day, he probably wasn't that much smaller than everybody by today's standard. He didn't have great speed, but he had Johnny had those hands, and I know he yeah. used stick them, but he also had a way. I know when Fred got hit, he'd always see a guy coming, and he'd kind of get down. He never got seriously injured until the AFC Championship game in 1977 when he when he broke his ankle. But outside of that, I don't remember Fred ever getting injured. Yeah, you know, it, you know, absolutely correct. You know, the other one I just reminded me as long as you said about avoiding getting square hits, Marcus Allen. Mm. Oh yeah, he was unbelievable. Never really got square hits, and just you know, it's like uh, you know Earl Campbell. You know, got the heck beat out of him. Oh, boy. And what did he play, like seven or eight years? Yeah. Franco Harris, you know, you know was, yeah. was a lot of discretion. And if he could avoid the big hit, got the yardage, step out of bounds, Franco played like 12, 13 years and uh, is doing really well. But, uh, you know, Freddie, you know, some guys, you know, you know, Marcus, you know, people don't realize, Marcus ran like a, a 4 7 five forty, which yeah. is not very, but, but ran away from people. That's yeah. tremendous instincts. That's tremendous. I mean, he could cut. On a dime, you know, without losing speed, and he used that to great advantage. You know, and Freddie wasn't—they didn't have great speed either, but yeah. such incredible quickness. And he, but he was such a tough guy. You know, I, you know, Barry Bruce. You know, he was a Golden Glove. He won the Golden Gloves uh, way back when. Really, I did not know that. Oh yeah, no, you didn't want to mess with Fred. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Fred used to always tell me this story, and I guess everybody knew it. He would get so worked up before the game that he would literally make himself ill and throw up and the players always used to say when they heard Fred throwing up in the in the shower stall in the next room they felt like oh we're ready to go Freddie's ready to go this is a good thing uh, I think that, that was Bill Russell had that same story too but yeah and this is before me but I, if you remember Kent McLuhan was a, was sure. a cornerback yeah first uh, bump and run quarterback and cornerback in history but they used to tell me that he and Fred used to uh, stand in the corner sucking down cigarettes <laughs> well, I remember when Fred won the MVP at the Super Bowl in uh, in Pasadena, and I was just a young reporter, first Super Bowl I ever covered. Fred is standing on the podium being interviewed, and he was the MVP, caught four passes, uh, three of them set up scores, and he just he would take two puffs off a cigarette, drop it, throw it on the ground, take another one. By the time he was done, there was a pile of cigarettes, I swear. There was 30 cigarettes on well, the floor. Why would he do just I, He just, I don't know. I think he was talking, so the cigarette would go out, and he'd throw it out. And then he'd light up when a question was being asked. He'd light up another one, get a couple of quick puffs in, and then talk. See, but back then they they, they figured that uh, smoking was good for your lungs, right? Wow, this back is 19, <laughs> this is seventy six. Smoking, well, they, you know, they, he they knew, yeah. But uh, you know, it's um, I, I was gonna say the thing about Earl Campbell, though. I mean, that guy had such big thighs. Yeah. You know, he was the guy who usually doled out the punishment. He kind of reminds me of Marshawn Lynch, and I'm wondering the Raiders got Marshawn Lynch uh, this year, John. I'm wondering how long Marshawn Lynch can continue, even though he's taken a year, basically better part of a year and a half off, can continue to dole out the kind of punishment. He did uh, or does, uh, which he did in Seattle, and and man, and stay upright and be effective. I mean, you think that he could be around for a while, or just maybe it's a short term thing? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure how long it'll go, but you know, I, I talked to uh, one of the scouts uh, with the Raiders and uh, just in general. But he said, just watching him at camp, he said, you know, Marshawn still got it. Mm. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, guys take a year, you know, year, year or two off. And it's hard to turn it off and turn it on, but you know, evidently he's done a heck of a job, you know, staying in shape. And at this point, 
I mean, he's only carried, I think, twice in the games. But again, talking to someone who's who's watched the practices and you know studied the film, uh, so far he's I think everything they're hoping he's going to be. You got to know John Madden quite well. John's in his his later years. He had some heart trouble. He's sort of stepped away pretty much full time from broadcasting. Uh, you got any good John Madden stories? Because he was right there at the big. His last year was your first year, and you saw him go through quite a quite a painful year. The Raiders didn't make the playoffs. He had an ulcer. He had to quit. At the end of the season, that was the end of his career. But you got to know him, I would think, over the course of the year, uh, his final year and your first year. What was that like? What was he like to deal with? You know, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I, I wasn't that uh, close at all with him, and he didn't really uh, uh, have much to do with me and wasn't very interested. Uh, on the positive side, I got to be very good friends with his son, Mike. Hmm. And uh, at some point, uh, there was a discussion about Mike maybe becoming a scout. He came up to camp and... Spent a lot of time with Mike working on uh, uh, scouting and, and how to do it and such. And then, again, I hadn't talked a lot with John, but uh, to his credit, he called me up personally at camp to thank me for working with Mike. But uh, you're, you're absolutely right. That wasn't a good year. He hated going on the plane. He had the ulcers, and we missed the playoffs. I remember right, there was a, a key holding play by Art Shell that brought back a touchdown to Kenny Fu to Ray Chester that would have beaten Seattle. And not that I've uh, remembered that play, nineteen seventy-eight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that game. I was, I was, I was covering it. That's the thing about John. John wore, you know, he he loved it. I remember flying home with the team in seventy-eight. And you were at this game. This was your first year. There was a second game that season where Dave Casper made that crazy uh, fumble recovery on the ball that Kenny Stabler said he later intentionally fumbled. And whether he, you know, it did, he actually did that. It's just part of the legend. But I remember Ron Fell, the old producer from uh, the Red Radio, had a, a copy of the Bill King's play-by-play, and he was playing it on the plane. And John Madden and Al Davis came over, and they both just these big smiles came across their faces. And and uh, Al, under his breath, I remember him saying, "We got him. We got him." <laughs> that's when he says, "Get your big butt out of here." Yeah, that's yeah. right. Get your big butt out of here. He does. He does. <laughs> now, John John loved that one, and I, that may have been his last great moment as a coach because I remember the the rest of the season they played five hundred ball, but boy, that was a fun game because it was such a biz- such a bizarre finish. You remember that that holy roller oh, game? Yeah. Well, uh, and, and the thing is, I mean, when you look at it, Stabler does kind of push his hand. He does, and and Steve and Pete Banaszak. I think John, tell me if I'm wrong. Pete Banaszak made the key uh, move in that <laughs> because he kind of pushed the ball forward yeah. so that Casper can get it. That was a crazy play. I mean, the, the thing that's so amazing is you don't expect that play to happen and to th- be thinking that quickly. Yeah, to, about the fact that if you just go ahead and fall on the ball, it, the game's over. Right. So well, Stabler used to compl- talk about that, and, and that's the thing about the Raiders. I think. Uh, John, and we're talking to John Kingdom, former Raider, a front office uh, person. It, it, the Raiders always seem to, to outsmart other teams. If, if, if worse came to worse, they could always rely on their instincts. And that was one where the, the instincts really worked well in their favor with Banaszak, Stabler, and, and Casper all having the presence of mind to make sure that ball got across yeah, the goal but line. Yeah, then how come they weren't there for the tuck rule? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> well we, we, you know, with that, that tuck rule, we, we talk about great depth in the book. But anyway, getting back to yeah. They just a couple of things on that uh, on the holy roller play. Uh, the, the guy that was tackling uh, Kenny Stabler was Woody Lowe, who was a linebacker out of Alabama. And actually, Woody uh, coached with us for a couple of years. And God, you'd always jab him on that play. No, it was a fumble. No fumble. It was a fumble. Yeah. <laughs> the other little story that uh, I always like, uh, and maybe it's a trivia question, but it was a two-person in the backfield. You always talk about Banaszak. And if you listen to Bill King's uh, story. 
uh, Terry Rabisky was also in the backfield. And if you watch the, the, the film or the play, you know, and then they, they call it a touchdown. And I was watching the film, and a player came running up and was, you know, and Terry Rabisky's pushing this guy away. And, like, Terry is like my best friend in football. So I was very close to him. So I went up and I said, what the... John, John, you're gonna have to finish that story when we get back. Okay, okay. Yeah, well, let, go, let him finish it now because I'm, I'm just uh, okay. Go, go, yeah. go ahead. Boy. All right. So this guy is yelling. So Terry says the guy, the guy LSU, and Terry played with. That's not a touchdown. Not a touchdown. And Terry's going, it's a touchdown. MF, MF, it's a touchdown. MF. <laughs> <laughs> if you see it. On film, you'll see Terry at the very end of the play. Oh, that's really? great, okay. Great stuff. Tell you what, we're uh, going to cut to another break. When we come back, I'll ask you the last trivia question. Yeah, sounds okay. good. Are you a business owner or an individual who owes the IRS? Then be prepared to write down an important phone number. Do you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes? Do you need to file back tax returns? Are you dealing with bank levies and wage garnishments? It's time to deal with your IRS problem today. Call Certified Tax Tax Representation now. Certified Tax Tax Representation, Inc. represents clients just like you in all 50 states. They will contact the IRS on your behalf the same day that you become a client, and you can become a client immediately. It's time for you to face your IRS problems. Think about how great you're going to feel when you're represented by a company who's an advocate for you, who knows the law, who also will contact the IRS the same day you become a client. Call today for your free, no obligation consultation. Call now, 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Not all cases are typical and some may not qualify. The consultation is free and so is the call, so call right now. 1-800-999-1064. That's 1-800-999-1064. Are you an inventor who would like to try to have an invention or idea patented and submitted to companies? But you don't know what to do next. Call for free information from InventHelp. InventHelp, a leading inventor service company, has been helping inventors since 1984 and has sales offices located in more than 60 cities nationwide. You'll want to talk to the company that has helped secure more than 7,000 invention patents. So call InventHelp. Even if you have an idea for improving an existing product and don't know where to go with it, you'll still want to call InventHelp for free information. You'll find out how InventHelp may assist you in trying to patent your invention and submit it to companies. So call now. Call InventHelp at 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. Get your free information by dialing 1-800-316-1738. That's 1-800-316-1738. 1-800-316-1738. When you struggle with credit card bills every month, you're not just in debt. Debt is all around you. I see people every day that are on the brink. They're going to go over the edge, and at the bottom is bankruptcy, and we pull them back. At the Debt Helpline, we're experts at helping you resolve your debt problems and become free of debt. We can help you pay off your debt and give you one lower monthly payment that you can afford. You do get to consolidate your payments. You only have to worry about making one payment a month instead of making three or four or five. If you have 5000 10000 or more in credit card bills, call the Debt Helpline now for a free confidential debt analysis. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. Call the CESI Debt Helpline right now for a free confidential debt review. 800-957-6063. 800-957-6063. 
Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Bruce McGowan. Um, that was great having John Yeah, on. John Kingdon and, and uh, Steve Corcoran, of course, helped write the book. And it's coming out. Was it with Al Davis Behind the Shield, I think yeah. it was? That, yeah. So that's coming out in September. And we'll have probably Steve on. Because uh, Steve was a beat writer many, many years with the Raiders, and he have, probably has some great stories to tell, too. I like that name, too, because you've got the uh, uh, the Raider on the shield with the patch over the eye. Yeah. So behind the shield, that's very good. Yeah, yeah. Good thinking. Okay, uh, we didn't get to our trivia question. We'll oh, save yeah. that for next time. Save it for next time. But we do have some thoughts for okay. the day. thoughts for the day. Bobby Bowden. Remember him? Oh, sure. Great coach. Great college football coach. Okay. And, on, and he said this about one of his players. He doesn't know the meaning of the word fear. But then again, he doesn't know the meaning of most words. Must <laughs> <laughs> not have been a very intelligent player. No. And uh, when Kobe Bryant was asked about missing three free throws at the end of a 2011 win, he said, I was point shaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to love that. You got to right? love that. Kobe's got a good sense of humor. He well, does. you know, I mean, hey, listen, you got to have fun. Yeah, let's see. Wait, um, when did he retire now? How many God, years it's been? been? A, it's been about four or five years. Okay. Did, did, I think it was just when the Warriors started getting good, so probably about 2013. Did they they still have the same five-year rule like they do in baseball, that you've got to be out for five years before you get to Hall of Fame? I believe so, but that's a good question. I'm not sure because basketball, it's not, you know, in college, it's the College Football Hall of Fame in the NFL. In, in Major League Baseball, it's the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Basketball, there's just one Hall of Fame. It's for college and pro, so I'm not sure what oh, the deal really? is. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, everybody. If you're you can you can go in there as a college player, you can go there as a pro player. It's a little different than um, it's like the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, hockey so, includes the NHL, but it includes other other areas too. Oh, interesting. Yeah, mostly NHL. But. You know, it's funny if if uh, uh, you know Babe Ruth was uh, uh, charter member, of charter, the Hall of, charter member, yeah. but uh, he was still playing. Here's a good trivia question: <laughs> Who who was who was in the original Hall of Fame? Okay, Cobb, Cobb Honest Wagner, Honest Walter Wagner. Johnson, and Christy Mathewson, and Babe Ruth, and Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah what Very a good. what a five sum, huh? That's right. Jeez. All right, tune in next week to Sports Econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm your host Edward Brown. We'll see you next week. Good night, America. So long. listening to the Sports Byline USA Broadcast Network.